Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. The goal of the show is to show you how you can grow personally, financially, have a larger net worth, and leverage your largest asset to help you develop the person you want to be. I take you through all the steps I did from being nothing to being told that I was nobody and I was never going to accomplish anything, from getting kicked out of high school to owning a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in my own company with more than 20 employees. You'll meet our partners, you'll meet our friends, you'll quickly discover how you can improve your life. So listen in and enjoy the show. All right, thanks for tuning in today. Today I have a really special guest with us. His name is Sean Lippert. He's run everything from surprise weddings, nightclubs, hot body contests, nail salons. He was the head coach of the University of Windsor volleyball team. He runs the largest volleyball league in Canada and the Scare House. Welcome, Sean. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So you've done so many things, like more things than what most people I know have done, which is amazing. How did all that get started? Like, where did your entrepreneurial mindset come from? I really can't put my finger on it, but I do remember a story like where I re my earliest memory of being like, hey, there's a way of making money here. And that was like in the eighth grade and you have to do some type of project. And my project was, is I was going to sell potato chips at lunch. And so I got permission from the school to do it. And part of the project was to actually sell potato chips. And my mom went and got them and I sold them for the buck and I sold out. And I was like, that was crazy. And then so they actually allowed me to do it some more. And next thing is the milk guy. Nice. <laughs> milk at That's lunch. awesome. And how quickly did that sell out? I It was part of their whole the okay. milk pro program. I, I wasn't making the money off the milk, but okay. I just became the milk guy. No, that's awesome. And I think you told me too, like your family, they were all blue collar, like they weren't into the... Yeah, my family's all insulators, they're mechanical insulators. So I really don't know where it came from, but just yeah. I, if anything, I just knew that I didn't want to do yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. It's just hard work. They come home, they're all sweaty and stinky. And yep. my brother is now doing it. And I just saw something on Facebook where my nephew was driving a forklift. So that's third generation. Yep. It just wasn't me. I was, uh, I was more of a risk taker. No, that's awesome. So you sold chips, you sold milk. So what was your first business that where you really made some good money out? What was the first thing you did? Got into DJing and I went home one day and I was like, pop, I want to DJ. And he was like, do you know how? And I was like, I don't know. I can figure it out. And then I made a call. So I opened up the phone book. There was a phone book back then, the yellow pages. And I opened it up and I, the first one was Acme DJ service. It was nice. the top one. So I called him up and his name was Al. And I said, Hey, I want to be a DJ. And he was like, all right, come on in. And then nice. that's how I started with Acme DJ services when I was 16. That's awesome. Good for you. And then, but that led you into nightclubs, I'm sure. Yeah, I started a thing called Executive DJs okay. and I hired all my friends and we were DJing. We DJed at Wheels Roller Skating Rink and we did nightclubs and there was a bar called Last Harry's and Last Harry's, they were struggling during the week and I said, hey, let me DJ on a Monday night. And they said, sure, no problem. So on Monday night, I said, let's do uh, some drink special and I started calling all my friends and then I would DJ for them and that sprung out and it had to end up having lineups like on a monday night and there would be 400 people at a party and then i just created the job myself that way yeah no that's awesome and then so i'm really curious about the hot body contest so you've got the you started with the dj you helped this nightclub to become popular so where did the hot body contest come in i, I was very good at the mic my mic skills were way better than my actual dj skills i, I could 
I could play music, no problem, but I wasn't really good at it. Yeah. But I was good at being quick-witted and I could talk very yeah. well on a microphone in front of a lot of people. Yeah. And I wasn't afraid to embarrass myself. So I just did. I just tried to create entertainment and that turned into a hot body contest. And nice. one day I was working at a place called Peppers and there were some people that came in from Breakaway Tours. They were in and they were just a large student uh, travel agency. And they said, hey, look at this guy. And then they approached me and they said, hey, would you want to do this down in Florida? And I was like, in my 20s, I was like, yeah. <laughs> so then I went and they hired me and I was doing that down in Florida like That's for awesome. uh, spring breaks. That's so cool. And so you had fun. So they, did they pay for your travel to do that? Oh, yeah. Everything? I was there for weeks at a time. So you'd That's go awesome. in there for one week. You get Sundays off. The rollover would come back in. And then they would just pair you up with another DJ. And so I That's just... Awesome. Uh, it was just entertainment and yeah, they remember like they used this thing much music used to have this thing called sand job yeah. and they hired me and i was the guy that would hype the crowd up before they would go live with rick that's the awesome. temp or whatever that was that's so awesome i remember so i remember you're older than me right on 37 but i remember when i was in the clubs going to it i remember there was no hot body contest and then they came out of nowhere here in windsor and that was because of you. I didn't invent it, obviously, sure. but I just became good at it. No? Promoting it and starting it. Yeah, yeah, and pushing it. And then a lot of, I, I basically had to create a lot of my own work. I had to hustle okay. it. So if I wanted to have more work, I had to present it to a club owner and say, okay. hey, I can do this for you. Or I introduced like basically flyers. Yep. Back in the 90s, I would say, hey, and we hired a bunch of kids and they would go down the street. And the reason why they weren't doing that at the time, but they were doing it in Vegas when we were in Vegas. Like, why can't we do that here? Yeah. So then we'd take eight kids and put them out in the street and they would say, hey, come out and check out Pepper's Bar and Grill or Dante's Dance Bar. Yeah. And they would give them a flyer and that would be like the way to get them to come in. That's awesome. No, I love it. That's so cool. And before the show, actually, just talking about cool, because I don't think anybody's ever gone to this extent, but I guess you hosted the... Uh surprise wedding for your wife and you were all over the news all over tv yeah that's basically what it was my wife didn't want to have the pressure of having a wedding she was just getting pushed around from all different ways of like way that she should do it and she just she got upset one day and so i was like okay no problem let's elope so we planned on eloping but there was no way that my family was gonna allow me to get married for the eloping so sure. i basically just took every suggestion i would ask her a question what would you like at this and what would you like there who would be there what would be the food what kind of decorations would you want what would be the colors everything and i just put it in a book and i planned it for an entire year and then on the day that was august 13th 10 years ago now we had a full-blown wedding and my buddy gavin who's a full-fledged movie director now but he filmed it edited it all down threw it up on to YouTube and within 24 hours at 100,000 views and it took off and we were getting calls from NBC That's and awesome. CNN, CBS. And then we actually, Rachel Ray called us and we ended up going to LA to do the Ricky Lake show. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I remember that show. That's awesome. Yeah. So was there, when you were planning that, cause that takes a lot of hard work and time, was there any close calls? Did your wife almost find out or did anybody almost tell her and you had to stop? Yeah, it? there was a couple. There was some people that weren't cool about it. I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but I just told them where my heart went and I knew yeah. what my wife loved. And I, she's not lazy, but I say, yeah, sometimes yeah. she's lazy. And she just she would rather not plan something this big if she didn't have to. For sure. She's running businesses herself. I took that burden off of her. and That's awesome. Yeah, and now it's a great story. It's still, it's on YouTube. It's got millions of views and then we've got a great life with it yeah no for sure and i did so before the show started we quickly looked it up 
And if you Google Sean Lipper surprise wedding, you'll find it. And there's all kinds of stuff there. It's really cool. My claim to fame, though, is Sports Illustrated did a story on it. So that's so because cool. I'm a volleyball coach. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> so we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll touch a bit on the, the volleyball. But we're also going to touch about the scare house. So Sean runs the Windsor Scare House. And he's going to dive into sort of what's involved with that. And uh, they're doing something really cool with eating inside of the scare house. So yeah, we'll touch on that. an immersive dinner experience. That's, That's what right. we're calling it. So Sean is going to talk about how he became the head coach of the University of Windsor volleyball team. And he's going to touch on his league as well. And then get to the scare house and what's going on there. So I, thanks. You know, in between, during the break, we're talking about other things. And there's so many things. I, I forgot... Even being like the volleyball coach, that happened. Yep. I was the men's volleyball coach, was the assistant coach, became the head coach. Yep. And then they canned me. I guess you got to win a lot to keep your job. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, then it worked into it. Now we run the volleyball league. But also, I worked here at AM 800, at 89X, the river. Also, I called bingo. And I, that just popped in my head. I forgot I did that for 10 years. Yep. I was a bingo caller when we were talking about it. There's just so many things. That you've done, yeah. I just... If you just feel as though that's where you should go next, go. Yep. And there's no rhyme or reason. Like I didn't, I don't wake up and go, oh yeah, I'm going to be a bingo caller. It just, it happened. I started off as a pop boy. I was in the eighth grade. My, I said to my dad, I go, I want a job. He's like, all right, go get one. My mom typed me a re- type of resume. Not on a computer, like on a typewriter. That's on. And I handed them all out. And then I was a pop boy at the uh, Windsor Bingo Palace. Did that awesome. for 10 years. Yeah. So yeah. If there's somebody out there and you're just not sure what you want to do, just do something because it's never going to be what you do, but it puts you one step forward to wherever you end up 50 years from now. That's right. And the other thing you said too, actually, which we should touch on now because you are, but you also said just take that risk. That's what you would advise someone. Just take the risk. What's so bad that can happen that you fail? If you're not failing, you're not learning. And yep. if you're not learning, you're not getting better. And how else are you supposed to be an entrepreneur if you don't fail? It's yep. just, it's part of that process. No one hits one out of the park. And if you do hit it out of the park, that's awesome. But that's only one at bat. Yep. There's so many more that are coming. So if I'm a big believer that people do go into paralysis by analysis. Yep. And I'm from the old way of thinking is just no, grab it, feel it, touch it and go with it. Yep. I forget what book but I read it in a book and it said that people nowadays, they are too scared to make risks and they think it stems back to grade school because in grade school, no matter what you did, if you had a wrong answer, the teachers know what's wrong and they didn't want to be embarrassed in front of their classmates. So they're actually saying they think from the school system that a lot of people now today are scared to take risks because they don't want to be wrong. Yeah, you're right. There's always, but I, my family was been instrumental for like, when you screw up in my family, it, it comes down hard, not, yep. but it's more of a, a razz. Like you yep. idiot, you look what you did. It could be, you could come in, you could trip and they go, ah, you tripped. Yeah. And all they pointed out right away. Yep. And I think that's really important because it does thicken your skin. Yep. And so that when you actually go out, you're not afraid to trip. You're yep. not afraid. And then you can use that as an analogy in life. You're going to trip. You're going to make some mistakes. And I love my family for it. Like where they would just like bust my balls about it. Hey, yep. you that's part of life. Yep. I agree. You don't know if it's not going to work unless you try it. And if it tries it, you just learned how not to do it. 
yeah, you're never going to make the same mistake twice. And if yeah. you do, you're an idiot. You're going to fail. There are dummies out there. Let's call it what it is. There's people that just fail because they keep doing the same thing over and over again. Yep. But you got to massage it. You got to turn it. You got to tinker with it going into Scarehouse. There's always pivoting. We've been 13 years now. And when we first started, it was a goof. It yep. was, we had Woody's Outhouse. It was a nightclub. My partner and I had it and we were going to lose Bentley's Roadhouse because at that time in 2006, the Americans had the passport issues. This is, they were changing how they were doing the border and a lot of the Americans weren't going to come over and it was an American bar. Yep. Because the drinking age is 19 here and it's 21 over there. Yep. So we knew we were going to lose it. And then I said to Dario, I was like, hey, remember when we we're talking about doing the haunted house and stuff? If we're going to lose it, who cares? Let's just, let's do it. Yep. So we did. And we sucked. It was terrible. <laughs> Looking back now, I'm embarrassed to think about some of the things that we did. And we lost our shirts in there. We didn't make any money at all. But it was so much fun in that process. And I think that's, as an entrepreneur, you need to fall in love with the process. Yeah. And that's why it doesn't matter what I do. Bingo caller to pumping gas to restaurants to yeah. DJing to volleyball. Like it doesn't matter. Now you're into haunted houses. Nobody goes to, hey man, one day I'm going to have an amazing haunted house. It just yeah. happens. And you take that risk. We did. And then the next year we tweaked it a little bit more. And then the next awesome. year we tweaked it yep. again. And we just kept tweaking and tweaking. And now... We're 13 years later, and every time you get a roadblock, you figure it out. We wanted a new place, and we wanted a permanent haunt, but we can't find one. So we found a landlord that took a risk on us, and he was awesome. He was a, he's a Greek guy. Okay. He's like, Sean, if you can make sure, if you can get the zoning, I don't care. I don't care. Just get the zoning. I was like, okay. Yeah. I called 311. And I dealt with, and I was like, hey, I want to open up a haunted house. I could just imagine what that guy was like. All right, I'll put you in a building. And the city of Windsor was awesome. They, not one time did they put up a roadblock for us. That's awesome. And then we get, we set it up and we got the zoning on city council approved it. And then they even allowed us to write the bylaw. So we wrote the bylaw for a haunted house definition in the city of Windsor. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good for you. So before we get into the scarehouse, because I know we're talking about it, just a head coach. So how did you, how did that happen? How did you become a head coach? Oh, that was just by chance. Okay. I was coaching volleyball all the way through. And nice. yeah, and then I went in, I brought in some athletes. And at the time, was a coach Hube said, hey, you want to be my assistant coach? And I was like, okay. sure, why not? And we did. That's and then awesome. we revamped it, got the program going. And then Hube retired. He was 20 years in. I went in for two years and I got canned and the assistant coach came in. And he's been there ever since, and they went from zero to hero. They're doing really good now. But, and so are you, because you also run the largest volleyball league in Canada. Yeah, yeah. That was by chance, too, is because once you get into that circle, Blaze Gillis, there's a bunch of teachers that ran Wamble. It's the Windsor Adult Mixed Volleyball League. And it started in 76. So we're going into, what is that, 45 years, 46 years. He wanted to retire, and I reached out, and I said, I'd be interested in doing this. And he's like, we'd be interested in you running it. And they just handed it over. They went, here you go, promise us that you'll continue with our philosophies and grow the league the way that we wanted to grow. And 
that's what we've been doing ever since. That's awesome. No, that's so cool. Even my neighbor, he's man, I just want to get back out there oh, and get yeah. it going. So I get messages it's... all the time at this time, especially now, like, what's happening? I don't yeah. know. I don't know what's happening. We'll see. The school board's got to get back to us. As soon as the government can say when school's going to be back to where it should be, then they'll open up the gyms for us. Yep. So hopefully soon. But yeah, so no, I want to touch on the scare house and let you talk about that because you're doing some really cool thing with the restaurant, but you also, you're actually doing renovations to make it even scarier. We always do renovations every year. Yep. You always want to tinker with about 20% of your haunt. So every five years is brand new. Yep. But last year we had a friend of us come, ours come and say, hey, I want you to serve dinner to us inside the haunt. And we're like, yeah, you're, there's no way we're going to do that. Yeah. If you're going to do it, I'm going to give you a chef. And we're like, okay, he's our buddy. And we're like, okay, Eddie, we'll do it. Yep. So we did it. Set it up. It was awesome. He's like, I told you. And it was very successful. And we said, okay, let's offer it more to the public now. Okay. So we offered it to the public. And then lo and behold, we served dinner 30 times inside the haunt. It's incredible. And it was so successful that, you know what, we're going to do it again. And okay. we times it by four. So this year, there's four different themes of telling a story. And we're calling it an immersive dinner experience. That's so cool. And it is. It's like... It's a brand new industry. No one's doing it. No, I love it. So say I want to go. I want to bring my wife. How can I get an immersive dinner experience? You go to scarehousewindsor.com. Okay. And you go in there and you'll see immersive dinner experience. Okay. Click the theme that you want. There's cabin in the woods. There's the Mad Hatters. There's the <laughs> cursed so cool. dinner. Yeah. Click the one you want. Pick the time. Next thing we're going to be messing you while you have an amazing meal. That's so cool. And then do you have a, a minimum amount of people per dinner? Every room's different. I'm not sure exactly what those are, but those uh, stipulations will be in the, where you click to get in there. But the cursed dinner, I know is 10 people in cabin in the woods. It's four tables of four. So there could be four people in there. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And then for the scare house, cause that's, uh, you've done some heavy renovations again this year. It's going to be scarier than ever. How do people sign up? Because I know with COVID, like I just got back from Niagara Falls and you have to pre-book your events because everything's selling out and we don't want that to happen. No, in order, for, we always say that you need to book ahead no matter what. And we've been doing okay. that. It's called time ticketing. We've been doing yep. time ticketing like for the last five, six years. Okay. And you can go on there and pick the time that you want to come in and then you'll get in at the with the littlest amount of weight as possible. Okay. So then for anybody who wants to go to the scare house, Buy your tickets now. How do you buy them? You just go to our website. Okay. www.scarehousewindsor.com. Okay. And then you can buy your tickets for the immersive dinner experience, or you can package it together to get the most bang for your buck. Okay. There's three different haunts within the haunted house. There's Scared Evil. That's the main haunt. And there's Haunted Darkness, which is an add-on. And then there's the Zombie Maze, which is an add-on to that. Nice. Yeah. So That's so cool. And I'm you're going to kill a couple hours of Halloween fun with the family and it's a, yeah. it's for everybody. Yeah, no, I love it. So that's awesome. So scarehousewindsor.com. Okay, perfect. Thanks so much for your time, Sean. It was great having you on today. It was fun. All right. Take if you're serious about real estate investing and you want to take it to the next level with the least amount of time and mistakes, then you're going to want to sign up for our real estate investor hub. Visit canadianrealestatenetwork.com and hit the blue button or banner that says free investor resources. Inside, you'll have access to real estate investing courses, networking opportunities, webinars featuring industry professionals, as well as dedicated chat channels to share and get access to unique properties. I look forward to seeing you there.